Harry Butthole Podcast is produced in partnership with Joy Sauce. Harry Butthole. Welcome to Harry Butthole Podcast. This is a podcast based on the Korean saying, if you laugh while crying, hair will grow out of your butthole. I'm your host, Young Me Mayor. Every week I have a, a guest to come on and share a sad story, and then we try to laugh at it in hopes of making their butthole hairy. You know the drill. This is, I don't know, I feel like, why do I keep, uh, I, I should introduce it, because you never know. This might be the first ever episode somebody listens to. And they won't know why it's called that. But without further ado, um, I'm just every time I do the fucking intro, I spiral a little bit, and I just I just have to just do the intro and move on. I don't know why. I'm like, what am I doing in my life? I've made such poor choices. Nothing I do makes sense. Uh, well, without further ado, I'm 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 cutting the spiral short this week because uh, the guest this week is such an amazing journalist and such an interesting person, and I feel like every time I've spoken to her in real life which has been maybe once but but every time we see her online everything she says is so interesting uh like i said a great journalist and a documentarian your guest this week is talika bose hey it's so great to be here how are you <laughs> i'm great how are you i'm good i'm good i like your you know i always threaten the listeners that there's going to be a video component coming soon and right now it's just a threat but i really like your color scheme because you have you're wearing like a shirt and i think it's like a halter top or maybe bra that's like the same it's a bra like i didn't try hard enough (laughs) um and it's the same color as your lipstick and i just feel like it's it's very it's very i love it I love I love the visuals. I love aesthetics. Gotta say that. <laughs> That's like one of my favorite colors. I would I would call it burgundy. Yes, burgundy is one of my favorites too. It's romantic. It is romantic. And it's also like very Scorpio. So oh, are you, know? you Scorpio? Um, yes. <laughs> yeah. Fuck yeah. I knew I liked you. <laughs> it is very Scorpio. I was gonna say it's like very yeah. um I feel like right now everyone's talking about Wednesday. It's very, what's the mom's name? Morticia. Oh, it was very Morticia. Yeah. You know, yeah. I love Morticia. Yeah. That was a great show too. Yeah. I mean, I didn't like it. <laughs> you hated it? <laughs> well, well, I feel like I always want to talk about this, but I guess now is a great time. I hate, yeah. this is, I'm going to lose so many people on this and people are going to hate me for saying this, but I hate like <laughs> stuff that's targeted for like YA stuff mm, yeah i find it so cringy yeah and i mean <sighs> i got the, i loved the art direction i definitely like no one could ever match like christina ricci in the original ever, yeah like 1993 version no like nothing will ever come close to that like the iconic thanksgiving scene which is yep. the best like the writing just doesn't hit that hard you know the writing is kind of like eh, but visually it's beautiful so I liked it <laughs> yeah visually it's beautiful yeah I, I'm glad that you said that because it's the writing the corny writing gets writing. me it's just like so <laughs> like that's why I never got into Harry Potter which I don't even know if that's technically YA but it it's might not be just cool for anymore. children's children. not cool to like Harry Potter anymore so you're never fine <laughs> yeah I was like you know I just waited long enough <laughs> that it fell out of favor with society yeah. and now look i i never folded it i never liked twilight i hate all of those 
They just read us so corny to me. Mm-hmm. You know? Well, yeah. They're probably like, it's probably the formulaic writing that you don't like. I think if you're a writer, you're probably like, mm, this feels too predictable or not surprising or interesting in a way. And it's probably what it is. And and I feel like when they become movies or shows, they're acted so cringy. And it's just like, I you I love you. It's like so like daytime TV <laughs> feeling to me. <laughs> You know? Yeah, I mean, like, I think it's funny because people watch things for different reasons, right? I have friends who watch things like for acting, and then other people who watch right. things like for writing. And for me, I'm like, ooh, cinematography. Like, I really like the lighting on that. And so right. it's a little different, right? But I was like, oh, this is beautifully shot. And so I was more, I was concentrating more on that. The story was fine. <laughs> so, yeah. Oh, that's so, yeah, that's like such a good point. Yeah. Like, we're, we're yeah. watching things for different reasons. Also, I, I had this like moment where I thought that recently because well not recently but years ago I was watching um my mom was here after I gave birth to my son and uh there was that there was that movie that came out that year that like won all these Oscars and it's Jared Leto I believe who Mm -hmm. is playing I think a trans woman that has HIV or something like that no I don't remember it was it swept I think it swept the Oscars but it had a lot of buzz around it and mm. um and my my mom was like why would anybody make a movie about this she's very homophobic and transphobic but like she was like why would anybody watch make a movie about this and I was like oh she like watches movies for the like content not like yeah. somebody <laughs> said it's a well-made movie do you know what I mean for the content yeah yeah, yeah I which, know what like, you mean I mean yeah, I mean, we're, we're all watching stuff for different reasons. And I think like, people will watch things literally for the aesthetic now, which is maybe yeah. a superficial <laughs> way to appreciate something. But yeah. um, I mean, I originally saw it Wednesday and I was like, oh, this is very watered down for like Tim Burton, you know, oh, he directed yeah. it allegedly. And I was like, this is really not allegedly. like... <laughs> Well, well, yeah, I mean, yeah. it feels it, it allegedly directed, but I, I was oh like, I don't feel, you know what I mean? Like, it feels like it's like licensed by Tim Burton and you have the same like boys chorus, like swell and like the same film cue, but you don't really have, um, you don't have any of the things that gave it so much heart, you know, like Edward yeah. Scissorhands, any of the earlier Tim Burton movies. The creepiness. Like, wow, different, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I, I know well, what you mean. Yeah. So I was like, this feels like it was like licensed by Tim Burton to Netflix. <laughs> yeah. Like it didn't have yeah. his like a tour. Like, yeah, because there's like it's not just like the dark aesthetics. It's there's something else like twisted, like right under the yeah. surface that you can't put a finger on. That's very exactly. Tim Burton. Yeah. Yeah. Like the it suburban mom. Like, your hands or something like that, you know, and this was. Yes. Yeah, there wasn't really yes. a lot of social commentary here. So I was just kind of like. But, you know, it was fun. I didn't have high expectations. Um, Netflix will do a lot of these, like, very beautifully shot things that don't give me a lot of, like, substance. Mm. And then if we pivot to, like, documentary, like, some of my favorites are things that are, like, terribly shot. Like, they're so bad, but, Mm. like, the story is so good, right? Um, I think, like, I don't know if you've ever seen, like, I don't know if you've ever seen, like, Minding the Gap, which is, I think. No, I haven't. Oh, it's amazing. It's on Hulu, but it's, like, was like this guy and um he just like grew up with like two of his friends and he just like filmed things on vhs for like literally like their entire lives and put it together and you could see their families like fall apart over time and all this stuff happen and like it's just it's one of the best things i've like ever seen and so or i've seen um things where it's like one person with a camera and they go in somewhere random and it's like 
there's just like a level of access and authenticity yeah. that you just get, um, which is funny, right? Because like on Netflix, you expect like this high production value and stuff, but it also kind of like takes away something real about it. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, that's like, I feel like I'm learning so much about myself just hearing you explain like <laughs> movies because I'm like, I'm the yeah. same way. Like if the nar- if the narrative is good and it's like profound yeah. and it's written well, I don't give a yeah. shit what it looks like. And I, I understand that that's not why people watch movies, a lot of people. Mm-hmm. And that makes sense to me. I, I love documentaries that are good. So I'm going to definitely watch Mind the Gap and I really want other recommendations. My favorite documentary was, oh, The Tickle have you seen the tickle one the no i haven't tickle me i think it's called i haven't seen holy it. shit it's so good and this is the same thing everybody <laughs> listening watch it right now i think it's called tickled it's on uh-huh. hbo mm-hmm. and it's about the national tickling championships because some okay. some journalist finds mm-hmm. it on youtube he's like this australian guy and he finds it <laughs> and then he deep dives and like the elevator pitch is that he discovers mm-hmm a world that nobody expected so it's like there's so many twists and turns and it's like at the end it gets nuts you're like what who and it's like (laughs) so he found these tickling videos and he was like oh this is like pornographic and so he's like tries to contact them and tries to figure out what it is (laughs) and he ends up like flying to fucking long island from australia long island um (laughs) it's amazing (laughs) somebody died people die i don't i don't even know yeah. Yeah. I mean, I love the dumpster fire genre of documentary. And so you like the, the wheat work documentary was great. Um, oh, I haven't seen that. I should watch it. Fire festival documentaries. I watched both so, and compared, um, you know, just, just like where th- things go terribly wrong or, or something. I mean, like there's, there's good filmmaking out there and I think like good documentaries have to be entertaining, you know, yeah. and if they're not, eh, you know, and the same with like really high production shows, which is why like there are times where I will, be watching something on Netflix and then I will just like watch TikTok instead like I'll just like open TikTok because yeah. I'm more juice you know what I mean yeah yeah I I do that too I feel like it's frying my brain um oh I, I was gonna say can I just say this because I feel like I, yeah. I don't know I'm like just to wrap up this discussion about corny shows and stuff I you yeah. know why I think I hate YA stuff because I was why? scarred when I was like a kid by the fucking Mickey Mouse Club. Do you remember? Oh, this? I, don't, I, I, I don't know how old you are, but like, I might be. This might be like before your time. But did you do? No, did you ever? You, I you did. I'm it? like, I'm 36. Yeah, I, I watched. Oh, okay. It. Um, the Mickey was so fucking corny. It was mm, like it was these bad. like, like fucking white kids like that go on vacation yeah. to the Bahamas, you know, and then get like their hair yeah. braided like that kind of white kid. I mean, and, like for sure, like. Um, I think one thing we both have in common, like we're both, I think, biracial, and there's there are no there's no biracial rep still like anywhere. Everyone's like, oh yay, like Asian Americans, Indian Americans, and there's there's no biracial people like ever. I didn't yeah. see it, and but, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So that can feel that can feel kind of shitty to like never see that. But anywhere. I'm not even, no no I'm not even offended by the lack of representation. I was just like offended by their corniness. I was like, <laughs> That's why are they so corny? Like if I were around these kids, I would beat them up. I've never beat up a or bullied a child in my life. Even when I was a kid, I was bullied. Yeah. But I would be like, I feel like I, I want to become a bully and bully these children. They're so <laughs> annoying. They <laughs> take their ass beat. And I was like, this is so corny. And I remember like all of my friends were obsessed with it, and they're like, Did you watch it? 
MMC or whatever. Oh my god! And I was like, no, it's it's making me want to fucking die. It's so yeah, no, it was bad. Um, yeah, I think when I was a kid, everyone was so like Boy Meets World. That also was so like, corny. I just yeah, I bad. I don't know. Like I feel like all the TV like that was made for children back then was so corny and i was sitting there like how are you guys watching this this is poorly acted <laughs> the writing is shit i'm just kidding <laughs> you're like i hate all ya as a genre forever why <laughs> why not even ya why it's just so corny and like it's like so like even though i love theater kids in the real life they're some of my favorite people i, will say so. I mean yeah. There's some that's good. I mean, I will say, like, um, when I was at one of my last jobs, I got to interview the cast of Never Have I Ever, and that was a really well-made show. Like, that was well-written. It actually, like, had nuance, and it was interesting, and it, like, you know, portrayed um, there was actually a biracial character. Um, wow. And it was good. So, I mean, I feel like that that's a show I wish would have been out when I was a kid. Right. Um, you know what I mean? And we had Harry Potter and stuff, but, like, I read the books, and the movies were fine, I guess. <laughs> But, the movies um, were not that corny. I think I I think I watched one. It was very yeah. maybe it's because they're British. They weren't doing the over the top yeah cornball acting. I can't get beyond. You just hate it. <laughs> You're like I hate this so much. Yeah, I never watched like Hannah Montana or anything like that either. I was just like this I is know. not for me. <laughs> so like, as like an eight year old, I was like y'all, this is corny. <laughs> <laughs> let's get the criterion collection like me that's me as an eight-year-old oh same i was like let me read the encyclopedia um extremely lame but you know it helps me now <laughs> so. yeah oh, well we know a lot of information we do we know so much <laughs> exactly so yeah i mean like it's been interesting moving from like i mean i've covered pop culture and i've covered science and all kinds of things and there's always like kind of an interesting sort of flow between all of these subjects yeah. too oh. um like I was at I was like oh like you know I'm at a science magazine now and everyone was like oh how do we get people to care about science and I was like well maybe we should talk about like the aerodynamics of dragons on Game of Thrones like nice. we can do that you know um and there's like there's ways to make things that seem inaccessible accessible to people but um I don't know. Entertainment was just like a weird, it was a weird industry to cover. And I think because I grew up in it, like my yeah. mom was a Simpsons animator for my entire life. So oh, really? I, I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah. That's so so awesome. like I grew up in that. Yeah, it was cool. I grew up in that studio. Um, but then when I got older, when I was at Mashable, I made this very like anti, <laughs> anti video about it. Um, because I was like, okay, it's cool. And everyone likes this. But I also remember there were only white writers. Yep. Like, I was the only person that had any connection to anyone Indian of any mm. Indian ancestry. Like the sitar in the wedding is literally my sitar. <laughs> like they modeled it after mine. Wow. Um, yeah. Um, they like it. It's it just like, I mean, it was just very clearly like a lot of white writers that went to Harvard and like, you know, went to the lampoon, all knew each yeah. other and yeah. thing. And like, also, I would say, like, the person who did the first episode was, like, a woman and was never credited. And so there's a lot of bullshit in in that area. And, mm. I mean, there were a few women. There are more women now. Like, some of the women from Daria came on board and they were amazing. But, like, oh, amazing. yeah. But it's it was just, like, a weird thing to kind of grow up in and kind of idolize and then, yeah. like, grow up and be, like, base. See behind the <laughs> curtain. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. 
Well, that's so interesting that, you know, specifically for you as somebody with like Indian heritage, because wasn't wasn't there yeah. like a documentary? Sorry, I've like I have the worst oh, memory yeah, yeah, yeah. about um, the character. There was. We we talked um we talked about this on um I put him in my video and we talked about it on on um uh, we talked about it over Instagram too. And he was like, what? He was like, I had no idea. And I was like, yeah, I'm going to put you in my video and we'll, we'll talk about this. Cause like he'd made a full on documentary about this and yeah. comic, but um, you know, I remember there's this really, really poignant scene in his film, you know? And I think he says, he asked someone um, he's like, Oh, like, why do you like, why is the Indian accent funny? And the guy's like, well, to Western ears, like, it just sounds funny. Mm-hmm. And he's like, that's racism. You know, and it was just like, it was just so like unfathomable to people that like that could be considered racist, you know, at mm-hmm. that time. And so it's I had a lot of mixed feelings so f- about that. Wow. Yeah. That's so <laughs> fascinating. Yeah whoa that's like I feel like that's like an entire discussion in itself yeah it's it's a weird it's a weird thing and so it's just sort of like you know I was like I love the show I've I love the artists like yeah the writers sucked and the writers essentially like would go on strike every single year and then like drive up like push back the production schedule and then all the artists would have to like stay later and work harder Wait, Tulika, are you saying that white men that went to Harvard are are assholes because that's groundbreaking (laughs) I'm, so, I'm shocked. Yeah. I'm shooketh. I can't believe that. Yeah, a bunch no, of no. rich boys. Yeah, they're terrible. Um, so yeah, I, I do not. You know, like the the animators though, and like the artists have like my full heart. And like, if anyone right. should make a documentary about them, like they should make they should make them like about those artists. Like when I was twelve, yeah, yeah. um, the first documentary I ever made, like I went into that studio with, like, when you were twelve. When I was twelve, yeah, just, and I, I just want to like, make sure that everyone caught that <laughs> yeah well and I was just like asking everyone questions and I think I like went up to an assistant director and I was like my mom says that you're a lackey what's it, what does lackey mean a lackey like you're uh you know like you're someone's bitch essentially and my oh, mom I don't like know what that means <gasps> yeah you said that? and I said that um <gasps> so. whoopsie and then what happened uh, um I was kicked by my mother um but you Whoops. know I think but I think like I would just go always go around and ask questions, want to understand how the art was done. And that was always like the coolest part of it. Like, yeah, um, it was brilliant. You know, there's so many people in production and in Hollywood who just like don't get the credit that they deserve because, you know, some white guy from Harvard swoops in and takes all the credit. Right. But yeah. these are people who would literally stay overnight so they could do a Simpsons rendition of like the Sistine Chapel, mm. you know, like unbelievably brilliant people. So I really, really do feel like people like that need more credibility. And um, yeah, there was, there was someone really amazing named Edwin who um, I grew up with, and he passed away a couple of years ago. But he was on that show also, and as an artist, he was, I think, yeah, right. I mean, he was also one of the first people who was a minority, like on that show, to be a, like oh. an assistant director. Uh-huh. Um, and like you know, he was starting his own show and everything, but like that was super rare. It was it was pretty white, like a pretty white show. You know, say what you will about white men that go to Harvard. They're really good at taking credit for everything. So Yeah, they are. <laughs> they're so I don't know. Good. You, you know, you, you yeah. got to give them credit that they know how to take yeah. credit for everything. Yeah, no, they're absolutely. <laughs> they're really good at that. I mean, they're so I so think like ap- they are. And like after that, I was just kind of like, oh, wow, like I really want to see like I really want to see other people who are writers who are not white, like make it, you know, mm-hmm. and I think like 
TikTok has been great for that. I mean, we don't know if it's yeah. going to get shut down now, but yeah. <laughs> but I it's also, been great for that. Yeah. yeah, I also like um, I like how there's this pushback from like the industry like the entertainment industry against social media um talent Mm -hmm. because i know why because it's like they're like no 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 we have to go through this uh ancient process where this industry decides who goes ahead because it's going to be white men Mm -hmm. from harvard and if we do it by just talent then we're not going to get all the jobs so you know what i think about tiktok comedians they're stupid and it's like no shit really yeah of course you think that of course Um, you think that and also they're like yeah. writing shit that you've never even thought of in a million years. I have to say, like, I just feel like doing stuff on social media and mm. it, it feels demented to me for me to yeah. say this. But I know it's true on some level. I feel like I'll talk about some shit and then I'll fucking mm. see fucking notes of it somewhere <laughs> on a fucking show. And I'm like, there's no fucking way a white no. man that went to Harvard ever thought this. You know, no. and it's like, it's like, you just, you just, you, they're just picking, and it's not even like they're copying me or whatever. They're just picking up shit from their influence, which is obviously they're on Twitter and fucking TikTok all yeah. the time, like everyone else. Yeah. And then they're, yeah. they're going to sit there and be like, I just thought of something fucking brilliant. Cause of course and they love like, taking credit for everything. You just like call them out and you're like, there's no way that you were able to come there's up no with way. this. There's no right? way you fucking thought of this on your own. You yeah. fucking, even the, um, this isn't somebody that copied me, obviously. This is, but there was, I don't, okay, let, let me just try to make this fast. But you know that movie <laughs> Licorice Pizza and people were like, oh, yeah. f- upset because there's a white guy with an Asian wife. And I was right. like, and he he made her turn to her and use a very thick Asian accent whenever he talked to her. And people yeah. were like, that's racist. But he's like, no, 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 I'm calling out this kind of white guy that's racist towards his Asian wife because my mother-in-law, mm-hmm. my mother-in-law is asian and i've seen other people do that to her and i was like i was like i believe that you saw people doing that to your mother-in-law but you would have never fucking noticed it if (laughs) if white guy with an asian wife jokes were not a huge thing on twitter for the last 10 years you know what i mean absolutely the only reason you even took note of that was because you saw asian women making fun of those guys for the last 10 years and then you, yeah. you 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 like digested that information and then when you saw someone doing it to your mother-in-law you were like that's unacceptable that's racism <laughs> I was like, no no a bunch of asian women had to hold your hand and walk you over there and then and yeah. that's and that one day yeah. when you're in fucking santa monica having dinner and you saw that happening you put two and two together but literally there's like a thousand asian women literally shoving it in your face do you know what i mean yeah like you can't yeah. tell me that you would have ever fucking noticed that if you didn't see it on oh, Twitter. Right. There's no yeah. fucking way that a white man would have noticed that. Because it's been no, happening I mean, since the fucking 60s, right? We it, we noticed yes. it. Yeah, it, it's, and it's like a really it's annoying... Before the 60s, kind of, yeah. I mean, well, it's an annoying form of like, I don't know, I think about like creative IP a lot. And it's funny, like I left, um, I had left now this, but one thing that I had pitched that was in development, like... I literally hit up Padma Lakshmi on Instagram and she was like into it because yeah. we had, we'd worked to, like, I think our, um, our companies had worked together before. And I was like, Hey, I am really obsessed. I just like love food also. And I was like, Hey, it'd be really fun to do like a food show about colonialism. And like, I've been really pissed about yeah. chai. I've been super, super pissed about, like, I looked at the history and like, I'm a journalist. So I dug into the past and I was like, okay, like, uh, you know, like they were literally like, essentially like slave plantations where the English like 
forced our people to like grow tea and then they would like sell it back to us but we couldn't afford it so we like mixed it with other stuff and then it became chai right but Mm -hmm. then like um but now it's been like incredibly incredibly commodified and actually there was this white woman who literally went to India and she went and she like stole all of these like all of these recipes from these like and aunties and she formed a multi-million dollar chai company yeah. that looks like it's Indian owned right and I think like every Indian person is so fucking pissed because you know we like we don't talk about like cultural IP yeah but, but it's like something we should talk about right like our cultures our traditions that get like commodified for a white audience often by white people and then like sanitized right well and then they know how to market it because they know what white people are looking for to look for the the quote unquote clean markers (laughs) you know the The clean like um but that's so interesting well okay i i saw that thing recently on tiktok too where there's like a deodorant a natural deodorant that people in india and like pakistan have been using for like whatever thousands of years it's like, it's like a crystal or something and it yeah. costs 99 cents at any indian <laughs> store ever oh my god but this woman this white woman started selling it for like 20 dollars, 19.99 and yeah she, it's the same thing it's just packaged but since it's like a white person and other white people are like oh that's clean and safe whether well, they're, they're never gonna fucking go to the indian store because yeah. they think it's no. dirty and there's something wrong with it because it's 99 cents yeah. And yeah. so I like people were talking about how it was really fucked up that she was doing that. Um, but I was like, no, 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 that's the white price. And white people will happily pay nineteen dollars. It's the it's the yeah. white price to to make sure yeah. that it's clean. And it even though it came from the same fucking place, they want Absolutely. a white person to like. And that's like literally why Whole Foods is overpriced. Because, mm. you know, I live in Chinatown and I walk down the street and I see the boxes of produce that they sell on the streets like super cheap. They're from the same fucking farms Wait. as the, the yeah. stuff in Whole Foods. And the apple, you know, here in Chinatown is like 30 cents. And in Whole Foods, like a dollar fifty. But white people are yeah. ha- more than happy to pay a dollar twenty to make to. sure that it came yeah. from the hands of a of a white, a white corporation. You, they, yeah. And that's the that's how white people make billions off each other, you know? Ooh, ooh that is deep. Okay. Yeah. That- and because okay. it's like it's not like <laughs> yeah. it's not like oh i'm selling you a product i'm selling you my mm-hmm. whiteness do you know what i mean yeah and well it's, it's fucking priceless they will pay no they'll pay 50 dollars extra for an apple for that you know yeah, i was like i was like why i mean it was really funny too because it's like you know like jc people will talk too and we were like why why are there turmeric like why is haldi like now a like why are there turmeric lattes like when did this happen what is a golden like what I was like our parents forced us to drink this before bed and like we did not enjoy this like like, why is it now expensive and happily consumed um and so it is a weird thing but like it is something that I think about a lot like even as a documentarian because I'm like okay we're we're diaspora like we can talk about it where we're biracial and like I think if you're biracial you also have a proximity to whiteness and like I think something that's really uncomfortable is that sometimes if I'm in a white space, yeah, we'll find out I'm half Irish. They like all of a sudden relax and it's like really weird. Right. Yeah. But it, you're just almost like, they're like, Oh, I feel comfortable. And now I can say racist things around you. Um, I have a, I have a, like a version of that, but they feel yeah. okay with all the shit talking. I'm do- like, I'll be like, fuck white people. La 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 la. And they're like, how dare. And I'm like, relax i'm half white. they're like oh okay that's that's cool really it's fine go, <laughs> like, go, go on yeah it's like really go off yeah. exactly exactly and so you're just like go oh, off wait, sis go off exactly <laughs> and so and and that is that has been such a weird thing yeah. for me in media too because i sometimes have felt 
um, I'm always in the position where I'm like the liaison between white managers and people of color. (laughs) And so it's like every single media org I've ever worked at. And the really funny thing about that is that white managers will be like, oh, you are a person of color. Yeah. You can literally fit in anywhere. So, well, you know, and I'm just like, okay, like not all people of color are the same. The Koreans. You're like, I don't know. <laughs> I'm just like, I'm not Korean. <laughs> don't make me do this. And like the funniest thing, um, I've been working with indigenous communities for over the last two years. And like when I first started working with them, I was like, look, I was like, I'm from India. I'm so glad. I'm so sorry. Like my manager just confused <laughs> us. Like, <laughs> you know, like <laughs> not not the right they like, wrong still path. it's been 500 years since christopher columbus and they still don't know no. the difference they're no, still like, like we, we live in india this is the new <laughs> like, it's the world <laughs> i was like i'm so sorry um and it, it's crazy i have this really good friend and we talked about this and like um i did a profile on him when i was at now this we stayed friends like um and because he he liked the profile and like i've been doing deeper doc work um he was like, okay, well, I'm going to like hook you up with more people that are indigenous that have more stories because I trust you. And I was like, yeah. okay, you know, and we all laugh about it. Right. I mean, it ended up being a good thing, but I was also help, like able to help him out because he, um, he was like, I can't say what production company, but he had a massive deal with a production company. They were going to do like a big documentary on his life. Cause he's really well known now. And like, um, he asked for a producing credit cause he was doing a lot of the producing. And then they were like, no (laughs) but they made him do all of the work and then they gave him no no like input nothing and I was like oh like you know who's in the like you know I can't say the name of the massive production company but I I mean it's all of them let's be honest it it could be it's right yeah but I was like I was like okay like are there any and he was like oh yeah everyone's white and I was like Uh, I was like I like the idea that like people are like oh BIPOC stories are a commodity but we still need like white people to chaperone them which is something that I've been seeing a lot of in media. Yeah. So, I mean, it's 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 interesting. I always think about I always think about um, like entertainment in that way because you mm-hmm. know, especially now, and I think that it gets so uh, it makes so it makes everything way worse with this like, I guess like people call it like neoliberal idea of like representation. So now we have shows where everyone's queer and everyone's a woman of color and then white yeah. people, racist white people are resentful they're like why is it well now we gotta look at these fucking people all the time uh, but yeah but then behind the scenes it's all white people and so yes. they're telling these stories through their perspective and it's yes. weird and gross weird. it's like who the, yeah. f- who the fuck talks like this and mm-hmm. then white people don't like them and it's like yeah. two groups of white people fighting each other without realizing it. And they're like, putting and the people of color, like of little color puppets in the, in the middle, like here, here, <laughs> la, la. there's just, there are pawns, literally. It's so awkward. It's so, it's so weird. weird. And it's they, so weird. Yeah. It never it's, clicks with them. It's like, and it's a power play thing too. And it's like, yeah. it's very bizarre, a bizarre thing to look at. And it is bizarre. I mean, it's bizarre. It's extremely weird. And I mean, white people are just doing it on their own. They don't even understand that they're fighting each other. And I have to say the the white guys from Harvard <laughs> thing, because yeah. they write everything and they control everything. There is a level of resentment against whatever people minority. of color or minority that yeah. they're being forced to buy their fucking company to include. And so there's always yeah. like a very... <laughs> 
almost like you can taste like the resentment and how they write, you know, like I I had this conversation with somebody a few years Mm. ago that was non-binary and it's like every time you see a non-binary character, they're like, my pronouns are they, them. And it's like, who do you know that's non-binary that does that? (laughs) Nobody. But then the white guy that went to Harvard is like he's yeah. never met a non-binary fucking person no. and so he's yeah. writing and then and then they they, they. said my pronouns are they <laughs> them and then they screamed it at their face and then they were like you know what i mean and it's like yeah and you're just like this is so cringy oof. i'm like it no i mean like i i hope the era of like white dudes at harvard running hollywood and running the writing rooms will be over at some point i mean they're i don't think so i mean but... healing has done a lot for one person yeah. <laughs> but we can't you know we can't all rest on mindy healing they have to be more people right and i think yeah the challenge is like the big challenge i've seen kind of is just like okay you have people coming up through tiktok and they're getting noticed but like they're still not unless you manage your own career and you yeah. do all of that they can't infiltrate really- the the whatever yeah, the yeah what's the word for it the the in, yeah in like the industry the what's that word uh, for, for I that, mean, it's like, that thing for the you mean like this i mean i don't know the ceiling the god i can't think of it either whole, well, it's just like the word for the thing they can't the infiltrate thing. the <laughs> <laughs> whatever yeah no, I mean, no they can't and i mean yeah that's the thing too because there's just like it's it's weird like I mean I have noticed diverse casting I have noticed like that's been a big deal where you know but that's only because there's been so much backlash and like sometimes the only thing like studio execs understand is like funny yeah, yeah <laughs> and yeah. so like I think I was given never have I ever because my bosses were like oh this is a small assignment we don't expect this to blow up and then it blew up and I was like yeah like who knew but there's yeah. so many people that are not white that find that interesting and like yeah I mean, I don't know when, when I grew up, like what I had, like what I had Gilmore girls. Yeah. I had Gilmore girls. Um, it's fine. I, I mean, I still watch it. Gilmore girls is a great show. It's a great show. It's really well-written. Yeah. It's well-written. It is, it's I love of, that show. I love that show too. I still, I'm still watching it, but, um, but that is like, that's the closest that I think we had to anything. Um, yeah. like I was like, this is a smart girl. This is the closest I have. <laughs> this is a smart girl that wants to be a journalist. And this is like the closest I have to representation in any way. Yeah. And I would uh, say that I would, as somebody that's like a biracial person, I would, yeah. I would find that more relatable than a fucking Asian character written by some white guy. That's like, uh-huh. don't, don't, you're mispronouncing <laughs> my name. And like, that's how oh. he, write, you know what I mean? Like, or like, yeah. what was the Asian character in Harry Potter? Cho Chang or whatever. No change. Yeah, I was just like, was like the like, alliteration is so on the note. Yeah, yeah we got like, like Parvati Patel, Patel sisters. Yeah, I don't really. I was like, why? Yeah. Why do all the ethnic characters have like? Why are their names? Like, why is there alliteration in everything? You know, um, they've so. never met a, a real life Asian person in their life. So they're like, what, no. what? What kind of names do they have? Cho Chang. That sounds like Asian. Um, I, mean, I don't. Know googled this or or what no, but she was, definitely did yeah. not she had no time um <laughs> wait, wait so i want to like i feel like this is such a interesting i'm gonna say i'm gonna share my sad story of the week which actually has something to do with our conversation already because i saw avatar yeah. and oh and he, this is another example I, I think this really fits so well to the conversation we're already having of like um i feel like people get offended at the wrong thing and i don't i don't find mm-hmm. fucking avatar offensive because 
it's wrong in the way that every piece of media that a white man creates is wrong. So like mm-hmm. I said, if I found that offensive, like every single thing is offensive, which it is, but it's like, yeah. I don't, I, I'm not like sitting there like with my fucking panties in a bunch, but, <laughs> but I, I, I thought I saw people, you know, like indigenous people getting upset at it. And then the backlash was of course way worse being like, you guys are so fucking wussy mm. and sensitive about something that's not real blah 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 but it's fascinating to me because you know i think it deserves a con- like a discussion that is r- like just let's be r- let's be honest like the sci-fi genre in america comes from the cowboys and indian yeah. genre and i like i'm sorry i don't mean to say that word but it's like literally that's the name of the genre and mm-hmm. there's like it's history it's like if you look up like the history of fucking American cinema, the biggest genre was cowboys yeah. and Indians, and then it mm-hmm. shifted into sci-fi. So sci-fi is the like quote unquote modern, meaning like it happened mm-hmm. in the fucking sixties or fifties, right. take on that genre. So the whole mm-hmm. genre is based on indigenous people versus white people. So it yeah. is about that. So it's like these mm-hmm. people being like, Why are you so offended? It's like because it's fucking offensive like it's a it's literally based on this idea and then but i thought that have you seen the new avatar i have i refuse to see it after okay. <laughs> well so. so here's the thing i watched it and it's actually yeah it's grotesque it it's you know white supremacy oh, okay. and like the issues with it and yeah. if, if you're listening to this and you think i'm being sensitive like i said everything is fucked up so it's it's, it's <laughs> not like i care but the whole it, it's interesting as a biracial person because it's um this well like if you think about the characters it's like a white army guy that goes to a native place an indigenous place and he's just like a five five white guy loser but there he's the king of all kings and he gets the hottest girl and he steals her from the hottest native man because of course uh indigenous men are not as masculine as white men and even the five five one is uh, superior to any indigenous man of course that's like the messaging and then Mm -hmm. and then this movie is like about them having like four kids and they're like they backpack and then they go swimming and they and they go to scuba scuba diving and then like it's set in this <laughs> part of the world that looks like club med or like it looks wow. like sandals resort you know and they're like we're gonna go sco-. and then they're all like trying to learn how to scuba dive together and i'm like james cameron literally got the idea for this on vacation with the shitty kids and like this is it's just set and like a club med and they're like how do i swim dad and then like the teenage boy falls in that. love with the native teenage girl and it's just oh, like no. it's just yeah. like i'm like I, whatever pro of course like i said there's so many problems with this movie but it's like yeah if we're relying on like uh our how societies interact with each other the white man's mm-hmm. perspective is so poorly like his point of view is so poorly constructed that we're losing so much of humanity by watching his take on it do you know what i mean yes and like how the kids act like i remember watching ozark Mm -hmm. and sorry this is getting i'm gonna try to wrap it up because this is getting way oh no like i remember watching ozark and the one of the first episodes is the dad i don't have you seen ozark it's like I have not seen Ozark yet. He's an accountant that does accounting for a mobster. And then Mm -hmm. he gets like, he's going to die because he, something Mm -hmm. happens where he loses their money or whatever. And so the first episode is him getting his family to run away to this little town in the middle of nowhere. 
And his right. teenage daughter is like, I don't want to go. I don't want to go because I'm going to miss high school prom, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, <laughs> and I'm like, you, you as a white man, whoever wrote this, hate teenage white girls so much that you think that they're that stupid that if your dad was like, a mobster is going to cut my head off. They're going to be like, but I have a boyfriend and I have a permit class tomorrow. Like you think that they're like, you have so zero respect for teenage girls. And it's because they've never been in an actual situation like that. Like so many yeah. like immigrant children, we know mm -hmm. the fucking feeling of your parents. Like I was never put in that situation, but I know my mom. And if there's something wrong, she's like, G fucking pack your bags. I'm like, <sighs> <sighs> like life or death. <laughs> like we know the feeling of life or death. But a white Absolutely. rich man that went to Harvard, never, never in his wildest dreams can he no. even actually visualize himself being in that situation. So he thinks that his teenage daughter would be like, we, I don't give a shit. And then like, <laughs> the next episode, she's like out in the middle of nowhere. Her dad's like, "We're if I get caught, I'm going to die. And she's like, you suck, dad. And I'm like, you literally don't know what you're talking like, about. Understand. Yeah. And, no, this is bad. And Avatar 2 is from that perspective. So they're like, I can't wait for you to watch this. Uh, I'm bad at scuba diving. <laughs> it's like that kind of shit. And it's like, no one would actually act like this, you know, realistically. No, I mean, oh, man. I mean, there's just such so, a, there's a huge disconnect between, I think, like, growing up with immigrant parents versus like just growing up as a I guess white kid here I don't yeah. know it's I don't know like it it's it's huge I think um, a lot of comedians have talked about that but yeah never more like evident than like when you're going to school you know yeah <laughs> or, like, trying to do something and I mean I can bring you to my sad story if you want. To. Oh, yeah. No, that, that was the end of my story. I was going to say, like, yeah. you know, like, we've been talking about this, like, the entire mm -hmm. episode. It's just, like, yeah. the idea that somebody that's wealthy and white and male is a better mm -hmm. writer for an entire society than the rest of us no. is so <laughs> fucked up because it's, like, they don't, they literally yeah. don't know how yeah. somebody in a traumatic incident will act that lives in poverty mm. or whatever they don't know what a refugee would act like and the fact mm. that they insist on writing about it is like you know and that that was yeah. my take on avatar also it's very corny it's mickey mouse club style <laughs> like i love you dad it's like that kind of shit and i'm like i don't think aliens would act <laughs> like that's bad the that's cast bad, of twilight right? it's just so corny anyway what is your sad story so I do have a really, really, really sad story of two, but I think I'll start with one because um, we're talking about immigrants and we're talking about that um, something really, really sad happened to my family recently. And um, basically my dad was diagnosed with cancer and that was like heartbreaking for us. My dad is someone who, you know, is an immigrant, came here um, as a brilliant Bollywood like cinematographer back in the day. He was also like a DP for like Pee Wee Herman back in the day and like, um, you know, just, but like worked himself into the ground to basically like provide for, you know, before my mom became an animator and everything. But, um, I think the thing that killed me was I was thinking about it and I was like, this is someone who was gatekept out of Hollywood. Right. So like mm. my mom is white. My mom was at the Simpsons, but my dad is Indian and my dad was incredible, but like no one would hire him here because of his accent, mm. you know? And so, he was literally gatekept, like, which is insane. He was, he's so brilliant and his, unbelievable. And so he ended up like, 
you know, he's an immigrant. So he worked his way up from like sales to being essentially like a CEO of like Sammy's, which is like the B&H of the West Coast. Mm. So he incredibly successful, like works himself into the ground, you know, now has cancer. And I think the thing that was the most heartbreaking to me is I was like, you're surrounded by cameras every day, but you're not shooting them. Right. And so, you know, I was kind of like, all right, like, I will be very shitty compared to you, mm. but I will do my best to like, you know, try it in some ways to like live up to that. And, you know, I think there are a lot of things to talk about. My dad is someone that just has a sick sense of humor. Like he's super funny. Like he has my dad. I'm very, I'm very proud of him. He bought a super very, like a very fancy car. I think it's like a, he has a Ferrari now. So I'm happy for him. He has his Ferrari and he was at a gas station and this like, white family came up to him yeah and they didn't think that was his car and they were just like oh wow like that's a really nice car like are you washing it for someone and then my dad decided to like troll them back and he was like yeah so I'm actually the um I'm the assistant to like the Maharaja of and then he just like made up a random country Mm -hmm. or a random province in India and then um and they were like oh wow and then he was like oh do you want to see pictures and then he showed them pictures of himself like in in Indian wedding attire and like they didn't even notice like that it was the same person and he was like this is my boss the Maharaja and they were like wow can we take a picture and he was like yeah and so he like totally pranked these white people and I was like you were a legend that's incredible and like you know I think he's someone that has always been like you know have a sense of humor about things like things are like of course there's racism of course things are going to be hard and you know, my sister and I both went to like Ivy's. We both worked really, really hard. And he told me, he was like, the reason I pushed you guys so hard is because I knew people would underestimate you that much. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. And I was like, yeah. And so I was like, that is, that's crazy. I mean, when, when it comes to that, there's like, there are things you can laugh about. Like, you know, he, um, like, <laughs> I think there's something about getting that diagnosis that just changes everything very quickly mm-hmm. for people. Like my dad used to just eat a lot and he was just obsessed with eating. And then yeah. within like a year of the diagnosis, he was like, oh, I've lost all this weight and I'm like really healthy. And now I run. And my mom was like, why did it take you like this long? Yeah. <laughs> Essentially. But yeah, that's my sad story. Wait. So when was the diagnosis? The diagnosis was like a year ago. Mm. Well, before mm-hmm. we talk discuss that, because I feel like that is very devastating and traumatizing, I have to say that the, another sad thing that mm-hmm. stands out about your dad's story is that, and it does tie into what we were just talking about, I think a lot of people will hear us complaining about, oh, like the white guys like at Harvard, they get all the jobs. But mm-hmm. it's not it's not bad that they get all the jobs for free. But the invisible part, <laughs> not for free. Their dads have to donate like $5 million to Harvard. It's not yeah, free. Yeah. It's not free for it's their dads. Um, no. But the invisible part of that that we don't see is that they're taking these jobs unfairly from people who actually deserve them. Like your dad, yeah. who was probably way more talented as a cinematographer mm-hmm. than a lot of people working in Hollywood. But because he has an accent and he's Indian, he can't do that. And... Mm-hmm. You know, he has to go enter another field and he's like obviously intelligent. So he's doing great in whatever field he went into. Um, Mm -hmm. But like as a as a as like the human race, I always think this. I'm like, is it really in our best interest 
to hire a mediocre white man that's really not that great at his job because no. he's white and he went to Harvard over somebody that's way better th- at that job. Yeah. And, like, what are we losing in terms of progress here? Because we have to we have to make room for fucking buddy boy junior. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And, I mean, yeah, I agree completely. And that's um, so sad. That's the sad part of the funny part is like the loser Harvard guy gets the job. The sad part that we're not <laughs> seeing is that somebody yeah. somebody's life dream is crushed, you know? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's the thing. And it's like, I think there is there's definitely a lot of resentment. And I am seeing resentment like in white spaces of like, oh, well, it has to go to a person of color. Or it has to go to a minority. And I'm like, OK, well, for years there were like major repercussions on people's lives who couldn't be good enough no matter what they did because they didn't look the right way or sound the right way. Yeah. You know? Um, and the funny thing is like, I always make this joke and I ca- I've covered medicine and I cover healthcare also, but you know, it's actually, it's, it's hard to get into both fields, but yeah. in some ways it's harder to get into entertainment as a person of color or as a minority, because you're literally in charge of culture. Like you are like, it's gatekeeping. Right. And so it's like, um, whoever, like whoever runs culture has so much power. Right. And so that's, that's something that like, I feel is very actively gatekept and, you know, the representation attempts can feel like really feeble at times. And, you know, I definitely think about my dad and I think about, um, you know, newer generations of filmmakers. I mean, there's a lot of good things that are happening. Like, you know, the new editor in chief of Scene Vogue is India, and like we have Mindy Kaling, we have more representation now. But um, I don't always see it in terms of people from other countries. I'm like, right. if someone like there's a really brilliant cinematographer I know who's Indian, he's Bengali, who reached out to my dad for help, and like my dad was, I think, one of the only people who helped him out. Um, mm-hmm. But same thing, like he was, like he's from India. And he had a hard time breaking into Hollywood, even though he's unbelievable and has shot like, you know, yeah. things with all of these stars in India and he's incredible. Right. But yeah, same thing. So, yeah. And I think that like also opens up. This is like where it, the discussion gets a little hairy for me personally, <laughs> because then yeah. it's like the people of color that are hired are chosen by white people. And why are they chosen? You know what I mean? And like, right. I don't want to ever villainize like people of color that have to like do shit to get a job but then you know that that's why for years all the east asian comedians were doing that like like accent and that's because of course that comedian would get the job over a comedian that didn't and it's like then you have to throw your own fucking culture under under the bus to get ahead it's like who's making those choices um yeah but also I want to say the second part of your dad's success that's sad is that he fucking did it. He went around Mm -hmm. all of the fucking gates that were being kept against him. And then he got a fucking Ferrari. And even in that fucking moment, white people won't Mm -hmm. let him have it. They're like, that's not your car. And it's like, dude, I fucking, you stopped me from living my life. And I Mm -hmm. found a way to do it. And you're, at, even at the very end you're like not like not the end but like at the very end of my success after achieving the fucking dream all despite all of you now you won't even let me have it yeah i mean it, he was i mean he was stopped by a cop at one point too because of his car and you know my dad was like i'll 
flash my watch because then he'll know it's mine. And I yeah. was like, that sucks. I had to do that, you know? And so I think like, there's a, there is a thing I've seen where like, I have seen white people then leverage class warfare against people of color. Yep. And that's a big thing. That's a big talking point. They'll be like, oh, well you grew up wealthy or you grew up this. And I'm like, oh no, not when I was a kid. You have no idea how much, like how hard immigrants work. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. A white person might be like, I'm going to work nine to five. And an immigrant parent will be like, I will work, you know, 20 hours a day and weekends. 24, <laughs> 24, seven. 24, seven. Yeah. yeah. Right. And then they just like pass that work ethic onto you as the kid. <laughs> yeah. So. That whole thing of like, that's like the sad thing too. Cause I think, you know, yeah. the, like immigrant parents are like, yeah, this is the American dream. I have a Ferrari, but like white people won't let, won't let me own it. They won't no. allow me. It's like this isn't yours. Yeah. It's like East Asian women who I think they're known to purchase luxury handbags and they, Mm -hmm. they're like the biggest market in the entire world. But like, I feel Mm -hmm. like how many times have I been like watching an Asian woman with a Birkin and hear like a white woman be like, oh, that's so fake. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's absolutely what it is. It's fake. It's it's, uh, statistically known that Asian women spend the most on Birkins. Like, yeah, there's, a hundred times more chance that your Birkin is fake. Bethany Frankel. <laughs> Bethany Frankel. It was, yeah. She admitted that they're all fake. Bethany Frankel did. But nobody would even think her, her Birkins were fake because she's white. She has the, you know. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing. It's like you, if you're white, you got the, you got the authenticity thing. And it's like, yeah. I, I mean, it's so funny. Like, I mean, if we talk about date, we've all, we've probably all dated mediocre white men at some point you, and you can't I, not they're just there they just don't leave exactly. and you're like, i guess we're married now yeah yeah <laughs> and and the funny thing is like you get you get into their world and then you just kind of look at the difference between everything you had to do to get where you are versus what they had to do and yep. then that's a part of it that like kind of like hits me a little bit I'm like wait I had to go to an Ivy I had to win like all these awards and like we're in the same place like how you know yep well it's just like I don't know I feel like they're very I feel like there's one time where I was like dating this like white person and I just remember walking (laughs) around on the street being like this is so easy people just walk like get out of the way people are nice to you right yeah the coffee shop guy is nice yep just walking on a sidewalk with like a mediocre white man is it will change your life oh yeah it's like a passport yeah they just get out of your way they don't bump into you you're like this is amazing he's wearing puma sweatpants i know flops and and you have to like dress up and like and everything i'm carrying a birkin i'm just kidding Yeah, no, that has always been like, so it's like, it'll be an interesting, like, social commentary thing. I mean, it's, it's so crazy. Um, I'd also dated someone who was, I think, at one point, one of the top um, black models in New York, and we went to a restaurant in Brooklyn and could not get a table. Yeah. And I was like, his face is on a fucking billboard. And this white guy schlub that I walk in with the next day like oh immediate service and you just like you just notice the difference right yeah and you can't even fucking say it because the white people will gaslight you and be like that's not true I'm, I move that's out of the sideway for people and I'm like no yeah. I've, I've done the social experiment bro yeah white guy puma it. sweatpants flip-flops you, that's your ticket baby yeah. <laughs> and <laughs> so it's getting nice service at the coffee shop 
Um, yeah. But then I just like end up getting resentful about like the yeah. differences and how hard we work. <laughs> so I feel like I was just having this conversation with one of my friends at dinner the other day. I was like, I would have much, I don't give a shit. Like you don't, I would have much rather date like somebody in the trenches with me and just not get a table at fucking Lilia or whatever. Who gives a shit? It's mid. <laughs> <laughs> um, but wait, so then can I just ask, I don't know if you yeah. want to talk about this in detail, but about like what okay. that has been like for your dad to get that diagnosis. Cause I don't think this is the first time somebody's like brought up the topic of somebody Mm-hmm. getting a diagnosis and like living through that what has and yeah. you said it like changed your dad's behavior so he's like healthier but like how has that Not affected so you <laughs> I mean it's been oh my god no he he lost so much weight he got so healthy like it's like green juices smoothies and my mom was like I asked for this for years you had the capability this whole time <laughs> and um so I mean we did we did tease him about that I mean, and that is sometimes like in immigrant families too, it's like sometimes like you make jokes about things, like you make jokes about really tough moments yeah. and that's kind of like helps you get through things. Um, but no, I mean, like it has been, you know, with my dad, like he was making, a, he was making a joke at our family Zoom and he was like, he looks at me and he was like, if I die, you don't get the Ferrari because I know you will crash it. And I was like, that is so mean, but also thank you for making that joke. And like, yeah. I think- I think that like, it's been, it's obviously been really, really tough. Like when you grow up and you realize your parents are human and that they get sick and that, um, mm. you know, it's not terminal, but you know, it's, it was, the diagnosis was really scary and shocking. And, you know, I was working throughout the whole time and, you know, trying to be there for him. And um, also just like realizing, like, like just kind of like looking, realizing like how much he sacrificed. Right. I feel like I feel like white kids have the luxury to be angry at their parents and talk about them in therapy, you know, Mm -hmm. my parents fucks me up, whatever. And it's like, we can be mad at our parents, but also be like, holy shit, like you did some fucked up things, but the amount that you sacrificed for us was unbelievable. Right. Like you did all of this so that I could, you know, travel around the world and go to Ecuador or go somewhere with a camera. You know what I mean? Um, Yeah. And I think like, I think that's, that's been a lot. I mean, cancer is scary. I cover healthcare right now also and public health and, you know, it's a, it's a really scary diagnosis and it's, it's scary to support someone through as well. Yeah. I think it's, sorry, I'm like a classic me. (laughs) I like start crying for some reason. I think it's so touching to hear, sorry, this is making me really, um, I think it's really touching to hear how you like, are processing this or like thinking about you know like the fact that your dad couldn't do his job that he's like really great at as like this cinematographer and like filmmaker and it's really touching Mm -hmm. to hear that like you're taking that on as like your career and I I think I'm hearing that you sort of feel like you're doing it because he couldn't you know yeah in a lot of ways it is like that um and that's like so that's so sad but um Cause you know, I think, especially with like the mm-hmm. cancer diagnosis, and you know, like you said, it's not terminal, but like it makes you think about life and someone's life. You know, when you're confronted with that, and it's like that's like a huge part of his life. That's like his talent, and it was his like thing, mm-hmm. and he like wasn't allowed to do it. Like that's fucking sad. You know? That's yeah. Like, I mean, my sad. my dad was one of those. I think he was one of the youngest cinematographers ever in India. He was 21 yeah. when he started, and like, you know, literally had a 
bachelor's in engineering before getting a master's and so understood how cameras and camera dynamics worked and you know I pick his brain whenever I can and we talk about like all these old great photographers and cinematographers and lighting and like when I was a kid um (laughs) you know other kids were watching Rugrats and my dad was like I need you to understand where Rosebud comes from I need you to watch (laughs) Citizen Kane like I need you to see the lighting in this room and like my parents were just very artistic and aesthetic and so they they taught us about that you know, from a really early age, and I was really lucky to have that, but, you know, there are people, I think, who fell in love across cultures and distance and time because of art, right? you know, and so that's, like, the thing they really have in common, and so they pass that down to my sister and I, I mean, she's an academic, but she's also an artist, and, um, you know, so I think that, like, for us, it's, like, we really look at, my dad, we're, like, okay, you're someone who literally gave everything, like, your entire life, in a new country so that we could have a chance, you know, mm-hmm. and it was, it was really important for him that we go to good schools and get educated and we never depend on a man or mm-hmm. anything like that, you know? And so when I date these, you know, somewhat mediocre white boys, it's very easy for me to be like, mm, I out earn you next, yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah. like, and not even that, but just like the, like you never forget the purpose and the mission and the drive. And for me, like the drive I have, to kind of like fulfill that legacy kind of outweighs any any other thing that could come along you know yeah you know I'm gonna say the one good thing about your dad not being able to like continue his passion for cinematography is yeah (laughs) if he did (laughs) then you would be a nepotism baby so I would have been a nepotism baby. And so true, but I'm not I'm literally not a nepotism baby I know my dad has he made it big in Hollywood Oh no, like I I very I very specifically was like, so you know, funny. I did entertainment yeah. reporting for a while because you know, I knew all those people, but I was like, mm, no, like, you know, if I ever did that again, I'd be like, mm, I want to look into me too and modeling or something. Like I like looking at the ugly underbelly in Hollywood. I don't necessarily like glorifying yeah. celebrities unless it's like, you know, amplifying. I think, you know, I profiled you on now this. And then I also profiled um, Kelly Bachman, like Dylan Adler. Like if I see someone who is doing something really unique and really amazing, I'm just like, yeah, that's great. Like that should be out there, you know, but that always kind of underlies the, like, these people should be front and center. And like, we need to move the white Harvard boys like out of the way. (laughs) Yeah. And also, I mean, like just in case they're getting their feelings too hurt, um, it's just like yeah. obviously they're talented you know yeah it's like the nepotism baby conversation they are yeah. talented that's why they're they're they got the job there's a million harvard white boys bill there's billions yes. of them billions literally <laughs> yeah and they're the five of them got the job so they're obviously yeah. better than all the other ones and no one's yeah. denying that it's just it's just you know like why can't we, the playing field be like more equal I mean, I'm just going to leave you, I'll leave with a really funny story okay. that uh, happened to me when I was at Columbia. Yeah. So when I was at Columbia in journalism school, journalism is media, right? Yeah. Um, there was a guy from England who was like, hey, um, so I want to have a debate with you about why colonialism was good for India. Oh, no. And, and he was just like he was just like, just hear me out. I have all these resources. Like we provided trains, like we built all this infrastructure for you. Like, you know, and then he used it to ask me out on a date. Um, and so, yeah. Yeah. And so like that kind of lack, but he was brilliant, right? He was absolutely brilliant. 
I think he works at like the financial times now or something. Um, but that kind of mentality that like brilliance coupled with a lack of self-awareness yeah. is the same kind of attitude that you see in a lot of Hollywood writers room. And it's, and it's kind of like this, like entitlement, like we own this, yep. right. We own everything that we touch, everything that we see, anything that we, we come across, it's ours. Right. Yeah. And that is kind of the mentality that we're trying to fight. Right. So, yeah. You know what I always <laughs> think about that? I think about that being such a, um, such a mark of because i used to think that it was stupidity i was like oh mm -hmm. this person's like stupid but like what you said no they're brilliant they're very smart but what's going getting in the way are their emotions their subjectivity and then they'll mm -hmm. be like oh i'm gonna have a logical discussion with you about why india is better off because they were colonized by the uk but they don't realize yeah. that they they're they're viewing it subjectively and mm -hmm. they don't understand that that they have their own point of view and then they're like no i'm being logical and i'm like you're not you're you're coming at it with your emotions like if you asked any indian person emotionally that let like live through the fucking british genocide i don't mm -hmm. think they would agree with you yeah you know? i was like mm, half of my family would say no <laughs> so like yeah. it was just a very i was like this is this is fascinating and so like but it's so to confusing this day, because they're so smart and you're yeah. like, oh, why you're, you said something so stupid. How could you? It's like because they're <laughs> they're so wrapped up in their emotions about so, it. Yeah. They're so smart that they become stupid. Yes. And it's like, yeah, you know what I mean? Yep, and it's yep. just like and that's the thing. And so when everyone's like, oh, we'll, we'll have diversity, like that'll fix this. And what they still mean or what they really mean is like, you know, oh, we're going to have like diversity, but we're still going to be in charge and like have the narrative. It's just yep. going to come out of your mouth. Yep. Right. And, and they know they mean that. They know they know yeah. what they mean. They're like, we're going to hire yeah. some people to work under us at the intern mm -hmm. level. And then you'll yes. be happy, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Then you get all the representation you need. Exactly. And it's not just about what it looks like. Right. And so I think like so much of it is so much of it is like, okay, like I was like, I was talking to my friend and I was like, Hey, can you work with a, you know, can you work with an indigenous production company? And he was like, we don't have enough money. Like there isn't one, you know? No. And I was like, that sucks, you know? And so I think like, you know, I'm definitely looking to see if there are more, like there's Brown Girls, Doc Mafia, there are other things. Um, but when you get to like the big studio production distribution level, it gets really, really, really hard no. to find people that are not white at the top. Like if you just look at the diagrams, it'll be like brown person and then like white, 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 white at the top, yeah. right? Yeah. And those are the people making all the decisions. And like, I kind of want to see more people in those roles. That's what I'm worried about. Yeah. It's not, I don't know if that's, it's so hard in America. It's like such a, uh, what's mm. that fucking word? It's not <laughs> like legacy, but it's like, it's almost, it's like similarly uh, it's feeling. Like, it's very legacy. It's very legacy. It's very, um, yeah and it's it's institution that's the word no the institution. Insti I mean, it's institution it's in You're yeah we're gonna it's shake an that institution mm -mm. i mean it's gonna take a lot of like really really hard work you know i think i've seen you i've seen a lot of people come up with the new york comedy scene that's been really exciting like i saw you and dylan adler yeah come up and i was like oh this is great you know like this is cool because this is different and people will be forced to take notice because like um i had one month tour i think she runs buzzfeed now and she was just like if you bring in numbers you can do whatever the fuck you want yeah because exactly. then people will, you know yep 
Um, because at the end of the day, they're going to be like, oh, wait, like maybe we don't have a grasp on storytelling or, or cinematography or whatever, as much as we thought we did. And like, this brings us back to Wednesday, right? So like as shitty as Wednesday was, yeah. right? Whereas, I mean, I didn't hate it, but you did not like it. But what I will say is I give them points for their casting mm-hmm. because, you know, I love Christina Ricci. Christina Ricci was great in the original Wednesday, but she's white and this is a Hispanic family. Right. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, okay, at least there's that. I didn't go through the writer's credits like I normally do, but I'm assuming, you know, these things were not all done by white people. And so like, yeah, I give them some credit for that, even though it's a little cheeky. <laughs> Yeah, good for them. So we've come full circle on Wednesday. We love it. Representation. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, it's like, what what an interesting conversation. It's it's so interesting that your sad story tied into it. And, you know, obviously it did because it has so much to do with your life and work. And I I just feel like this was a very solid conversation. And, and, you know, the... I just I'm always like worried that white people are gonna get their their feelings hurt whatever they always get their feelings well, hurt. we're both half white we're just both clear, half right? white oh my god we're yes both half white. yeah so we can say whatever <laughs> we want there there's like a collective <laughs> sigh of relief among the white listeners like oh thank god know. you know go harder actually go go off sis <laughs> what are you saying? wait anyway you're you're also part Irish right I am my grandma was Irish my grandma was also Irish wow Fascinating. these Irish people <laughs> so. are really you know spreading the Spreading their genes all around, <laughs> yeah. which are, by the way, the best white people. They are part of the the they gang. They are the POC of white people because they're the they're like number one victims of the British. Oppressed. <laughs> they're the oppressed white people. So yeah, and they're always like they're always like on top of it. They know exactly yeah. what we're talking about, you know. And mm-hmm. they're like, yup, 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 us too. And I'm like, yeah, you know, honestly, you're part of the gang. Yeah, you know what? The Irish, the Irish are BIPOC. That's what we'll say. I'm, I'm not joking. Seriously, <laughs> they've been oppre- they've been oppressed for fucking thousands. Like, imagine like how much we hate British people. Like, they had to live with those fuckers for so much oh, longer. <laughs> they, yeah, they've been putting up with their bullshit. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> anyway, um, can you tell our listeners where they can find you on social media and then some of your work for journalism? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, so you can find me at Tulika Bows underscore, sorry, on Twitter. Um, that's probably where I have the biggest presence. Um, you can also find me on Instagram, but usually I just rant on there or post pictures. Um, and then uh, you can find my work um, on Mashable, um, Now This, and Scientific American, and Vice sometimes. <laughs> awesome. And you can follow the mm-hmm. podcast at Harry Butthole Podcast on Instagram, and you can follow me at YM Mayor or Young Me Mayor on TikTok. All right. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. Bye.